the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. By divine insight, Noah anticipated in Canaan the evil tendencies that characterized his father, Ham. Remember, this is a prophecy. This is a prophecy. God is giving him divine insight. Noah isn't just an angry father who got up, saw himself uh, that he was naked and his son embarrassed him and he's just spouting off angry words. By divine insight, Noah anticipated in Canaan the evil tendencies that he saw in his son Ham. Cursed be Canaan does not sound like the loving words a grandfather would bestow upon his grandson. What would cause a grandfather to pronounce such a judgment on his grandson? Welcome. We are honored to have you join us today at Verse by Verse. This is Jerry Pruden filling in for Peter Silseth, who is on vacation, and I am so glad you are able to listen in to Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His teaching ministry at Lakeside has now expanded to include these daily radio Bible classes. This is the second part of a three-part message in which we have been discussing the ramifications of Noah's prophecy found in Genesis 9. At the time of this prophecy, we need to remember that Noah is old and his sons are adults with wives and sons and daughters. Even the grandsons are men by this time. The human race stemmed from these three sons of Noah. Canaan, the fourth son of Ham, was cursed because of Ham's disrespectful treatment of his father Noah. Because Noah realized Ham's tendencies were present in Canaan, under divine inspiration, Noah curses Canaan. Ham's descendants were dispersed into several distinctive tribes, such as the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvidites, the Semerites, and the Hamathites. These people became known collectively in later years as the Canaanites, pagan inhabitants of the land that God promised to Abraham and his descendants. The Canaanites were the inhabitants of Canaan, the more ancient name of Palestine. Many centuries later, the Canaanites were divinely judged when the Israelites, under Joshua, were commanded to destroy them. Now let's get into today's study. Here is Pastor Steve. Now, the Jewish people... In Babylon at this time, Ezekiel is ministering in Babylon to the exiles. The Jewish people in Babylon were using this proverb to complain that they were suffering for the sins of their fathers. In other words, what they were saying is that it's, it's our fathers who sins, and, uh, and because of their sin, uh, we're now in exile. Why are we suffering for what they did? We had no part in it. Fathers ate the sour grapes, but we're suffering the effects of those grapes. Not them, but us. We're experiencing it. Now, that's what, uh, that's what was going on. And they, say, they believed this was true. That was their theology. And uh, God thought otherwise. God said, you're wrong. Verse 3, as I live, declares the Lord God, you are surely not going to use this proverb in Israel anymore. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's not true. 
You're forbidden to use this proverb. It's a false proverb. Why? Because it blamed God for punishing them unjustly. That's what it was really doing. It blamed God. And, and uh, just to, to verify that, look at verse 25 of Ezekiel 18. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not right. That's what they were saying. They're saying God's way is not right. We're, being, we're suffering for something we had no part in. God says, don't use this proverb anymore. And then he tells them what the truth really is, what they missed. Verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. And here's the truth. The soul who sins will die. The soul that sins will die. Instead of blaming others for their misfortunes, the truth is, is that God judges each individual for his own sin. That's what God means. All of your souls belong to me, and the soul that sins, it shall die. You're not suffering for the sins of your fathers. You're suffering for your own sin. Each person is accountable to God. That soul will sin. In other words, he will be judged for his own sin, not your father's sin. And that's very important for us to understand because there are, though we are thousands of years removed from this Babylonian captivity, people still blame other people for their sins. You know, my parents, it's my parents. Uh, they raised me this way. If you knew the environment that I grew up in, you'd understand why I behaved this way. People still are not taking responsibility for their own sins. And, and uh, that is the, the world we live in. It's everybody else's fault. Everybody else's fault. And many even base it on the passage or the verse we looked at, Exodus 20. Let's go back to Exodus 20 and let me explain to you the correct interpretation of, of Exodus 20, verse 5. You shall not worship them or serve them. And he's talking in context here about other gods. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the fourth, on the third rather, and the fourth generation of those who hate me. I want you to notice the last phrase of verse 5, which clarifies everything. Of those who hate me. Of those who hate me. In other words, if your children follow in your idolatrous ways, those who hate me, they will be judged for their own sin. God's not saying he's going to punish great-grandchildren because of what the fathers did. But the fathers, they're going to be punished for their own sin, but it may very well be that they've had such a negative influence on their children who have influenced their children who have influenced their children that by the fourth generation, their children are still sinning, and because they are still sinning, they are going to be judged. That's the key thing of those who hate me. Nobody is judged for someone else's sin. He's talking about the fourth generation who still hate him. Now, we have, um, you, know, you know, a parent may set a poor example for a child. We can have a negative influence on a child, but they make their own decisions and if they make the wrong decisions to not follow the Lord and to hate the Lord, God will deal with them. God judges people and deals with them based on their own decisions. I, I hope you understand that. In fact, the law of Moses later in Deuteronomy chapter 24 made this abundantly clear. Let me read this to you. Deuteronomy 24 verse 16. Fathers shall not be put to death for their sons, nor sons, nor shall sons be put to death for their fathers. Everyone shall be put to death for his own sin. 
Okay, so we want to clarify that. And the question, though, that we need to still find out as we go back to Genesis 9 is if this is true, then why was Canaan cursed instead of Ham? What did he do? What did Canaan do to bring this divine curse upon himself? You know what? The text does not specifically tell us. There's nothing in Genesis 9 that specifically tells us, but the most reasonable, the most reasonable, the most consistent with the rest of Scripture to clarify this, this explanation, I believe, is absolutely accurate. And if you bear with me and think with me, I I think you will agree. And here's the point. By divine insight, Noah anticipated in Canaan the evil tendencies that characterized his father, Ham. Remember, this is a prophecy. This is a prophecy. God is giving him divine insight. Noah isn't just an angry father who got up, saw himself, uh, that he was naked and his son embarrassed him and he's just spouting off angry words. By divine insight, Noah anticipated in Canaan the evil tendencies that he saw in his son Ham. Remember, by this time, most likely, Canaan is an adult. He's a grown man. In other words, Noah prophetically saw that the descendants of Canaan would retain the shameful and immoral traits exhibited in Ham. In fact, it would be fully developed in the Canaanites. I must tell you that this is actually not a curse on Canaan as an individual, but upon the people of Canaan, just as it is a blessing, not upon uh, Shem or Japheth, as much as it is a blessing upon Shem's descendants and the descendants of Japheth. So forget individuals at this point. It is upon a people. And as a people, the Canaanites were the most natural embodiment of Ham. In fact, that's why I believe that two times in this passage we read that uh, Ham was the father of Canaan. Meaning not just that he was the physical father, but that Canaan, that, that Ham's character showed up most in his son Canaan. Now, what about the Canaanites? To justify that God would curse the Canaanites for their wickedness? Absolutely. Biblical history and archaeology reveal that the Canaanites were the most, without question, the most immoral and wicked people in the ancient world. I remind you that the men of Sodom and Gomorrah were Canaanites. The Canaanites not only practiced homosexuality, but they practiced sacred prostitution. They uh, practiced uh, uh, sacrificing children burning them in the fire. We're even told that archaeologists have found uh, remains of babies in jars. Horrible stuff. In fact, a lot of times when I have heard or, or read about this, the writers will say things like, we can't even go into all the details. It's so shameful. Horrible perversions. These were people enslaved to their sexual lusts. In fact, I, I want you to see a little bit of this. Leviticus chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18 is a warning that God gives to the children of Israel, don't be like the Canaanites. And then he tells the children of Israel what the Canaanites were like. And he, and he really spells out a, a number of their moral perversions. Notice Leviticus 18, verse 3. You shall not do what is done in the land of Egypt where you lived, nor are you to do what is done in the land of Canaan where I'm bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. Well, what did they do that was so bad? Notice verse 6. We'll just jump around here a little bit. None of you shall approach any uh, uh, blood relative of his 
to uncover nakedness, I am the Lord. By nakedness, doesn't mean that you're just going to see someone naked. It's talking here about incest. And he goes into detail in terms of explaining uh, mother and father and brother and sister and uncle and aunt. Don't do that kind of stuff. That's what he's talking about. It's incest. What was he saying? The Canaanites regularly practiced incest. Not only that, look at verse 21. Neither shall you give any of your offspring to offer them to Molech. Molech was one of their gods. Nor shall you profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. You know what they did? They actually had their their children walk through fire and burn in fire as a sacrifice to Molech. That's what they did, sacrificing children. Then notice verse 22. You shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is an abomination. Homosexuality, a regular practice of the Canaanites. It even gets worse. Verse 23, you shall not have intercourse with any animal to be defiled with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is a perversion. Folks, these were the Canaanites. And then God sums it up in verse 24. Do not defile yourselves by any of these things, for by all these the nations which I am casting out before you have become defiled. And those nations were the Canaanites. Horrible, horrible people. Let's take a brief break from our lesson to greet those who have just joined us. You're listening to Verse by Verse, a daily radio class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. I recall a saying I heard years ago in a sermon. The pastor said, sin will always leave you worse than it found you. So is the case with Noah, Ham, and Canaan. Noah, because of his sin of drunkenness, Ham because of his utter disrespect for his father, and Canaan for his total disregard for doing that which was right. Noah, the son of Methuselah, was five hundred years old when his three boys were born. The flood came during the six hundredth year of Noah's life. The point is that Noah lived three hundred and fifty years after the flood. Noah had to deal with his sin, his son's sin, and his grandson's sin until he died. Noah did not escape his sin. He continually paid for the rest of his life. Let's get back to class now as Pastor Steve continues our study. I am told that the religion today that most resembles... By the way, there are no Canaanites living today. And we'll, we'll touch on that in a few minutes. There are no Canaanites today. But the religion of the Canaanites, I am told, lives on. At least in some respects. And the religion today that I'm told that is closest to the old Canaanite religion is Hinduism. It's fascinating to me that in the Western world, uh, a lot of New Age thinking is Hindu thinking. Why we would embrace that in our society is beyond me. When Michelle and I last year, I think it was last year, I think, I don't know, seems like it was, a year ago, April, we were in India. The last day we were there, the missionary said, and I've, I've, told, I've told you this, but some of you uh, weren't here when I said this, but the missionary said, you must go to a uh, Hindu temple with me. Uh, it's not on the tour. No tour leader will take you to, uh, to this temple, but I want you to see it for yourself. It'll give you a burden for India. Um, I, words cannot express how repulsed we were. Words cannot express. Uh, we didn't actually go in the temple. We went in the grounds of it, but I have never seen anything as filthy as perverse as what I saw that day. Now, we didn't see this, but we are told by missionaries that sexual perversions go on with the priests in the temple, with children of, of the worst 
kind of perversions. There are sacrifices of children. You say, but that's not legal. Right, it's not legal. It goes on, sacrificing children, killing children. Uh, goes on in, in those temples. That day that we were there, there were so many flies around us, there had to be hundreds of thousands of flies to the point where you didn't even want to open your mouth lest fly would, would go in. There were uh, uh, women sitting in a circle in absolute filth chanting religious songs to their gods. They have 300 million of them. Uh, there was a booth to, uh, to the ba- back of us in which uh, our missionary friends said that uh, if anybody goes into that booth, they will go berserk. There are people sitting around in, in filth, their own filth as, where, as well as others. Uh, it, it was a horrible, horrible experience. I thought that uh, this is the closest I have ever felt to what hell must be like. Absolute horror. Listen, that is just a touch of what the Canaanite religion was like. So, the curse upon Canaan is justified because Noah prophetically saw that the attitude that led to Ham's shameful act in his moral flaw in his character would come to be fully expressed and developed in Canaan's descendants. That's the point. Canaan wasn't cursed because of what Ham did. Canaan was cursed because of what the Canaanites would be, and, and, Mose, and Noah just prophetically saw it in Ham. So I, I think that should clarify and clear it up. That's why he was cursed. Now, specifically, though, what was this curse? Well, verse 25 tells us, here's the curse. Now, you know why he was cursed, but here's the curse. A servant of servants, he shall be to his brothers. What does that mean? A servant of servants means he's going to be the lowest of the lows. It's, uh, it means he's going to be the worst of all slavery uh, situations. In other words, the Canaanites, and here's the point, are not going to be just slaves. They're going to be slaves to their brothers. They're going to be slaves to their relatives. That's how bad it's going to be. And who are those relatives? The descendants of Shem and the descendants of Japheth. That's what he means. He means, uh, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brothers. Later on in the blessing given to Shem and to Japheth, it says that Canaan will be your servant. So that's, that's what he's talking about. So the actual curse is slavery. That's the curse, slavery. And I think that um, most of us are aware, and, and certainly you are now because I mentioned it before, that there are some who have used this verse to justify the slavery of black Africans. And they believe that. They believe and they've been taught by uh, Bible teachers that uh, Ham's dark-skinned descendants were all cursed. They would say that this was the cause of the, uh, the Negro people being cursed. And uh, some would even say, because of this, it ought to be kept in slavery, or at least economic servitude. They would justify then the enslavement of African blacks using this verse. Now, you should know right off the bat that nobody ever thought of this, this, that this might even be the interpretation until the height of the slave trade in the mid-1800s. Isn't that interesting? Nobody ever thought of this, or if they did, it was never written down. It was not a a, a view. It wasn't even an interpretation that warranted any credibility until the uh, 1800s at the height of the slave trade. So that ought to tell you something right there. But to put it bluntly, this is as wrong as it could be. 
Absolutely wrong. And let me tell you why it's a, a wrong interpretation. Notice Genesis 10. We move now from 9 to 10 just for a few moments. Genesis 10 is the table of nations, the nations that came out from Noah's three sons. And in verse 6, we read about Ham. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, and Put, and Canaan. Canaan being the youngest. Mizraim refers to Egypt. It's used, in, in fact, 90 times in the Old Testament for Egypt. Put refers to North Africa and Libya. So there, uh, three of Ham's sons settled in Africa. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Three of Ham's sons settled in Africa. But the fourth son, the fourth son, who is Canaan, did not settle in Africa, and he was not dark-skinned. He and his descendants eventually settled in the land that they named after their father, the land of Canaan, what we call today the Middle East or the Holy Land. And the Canaanites, as I said, were not black-skinned Africans. This was the same land, the land of Canaan, that God later promised to one of Shem's descendants named Abram. If you look at Genesis 12, Genesis 12, verses 5 through 7. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the uh, persons which they had uh, acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. And Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moreh. Now the Canaanite was then in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Folks, this is why Genesis 9 records Noah's prophecy. Remember that Genesis is written to the Israelites somewhere in the wilderness, probably at Mount Sinai, ready to, to enter into the land of Canaan. And Moses is writing to the Israelites in order, at least in this chapter, the purpose of this chapter is to encourage them, to strengthen them. Because it's not going to be easy when they go into the land. And they were fearful of going into the land. In fact, when the spies were sent out, most of them came back and said, we're, we're little compared to these people. They're giants. We can't overtake them. And Moses was telling them as he was inspired by God, do not be discouraged because God has already cursed these people. You will conquer them. Just believe the word of God that came through Noah. They were destined to conquer these people. You have to be asking yourself, how can a people live in a society and be part of a cult that has the practices Pastor Steve has just elaborated? To learn that Hinduism has its roots in the Canaanite religion is unbelievable. False religions are so demanding on its followers, requiring huge sacrifices, self-denial, self-inflicted punishment, that it makes one cringe who knows the truth. Jesus told John the Apostle that God's word is truth. Jesus, speaking to John on a different occasion, said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The irony of false religions which followers accept as truth is that not only is their religion false and full of errors, it also establishes a false hope for everyone who desires that cultish lifestyle. To live a life as the Canaanites required, as Pastor Steve noted, 
would be very difficult. And then to find out at the end of your life that it was all for nothing has to be the biggest shock they experience as they enter hell and the continuous torture that never lessens or never ends. I believe Noah realized all of this, at least to some extent, before he died. I hope you can join us tomorrow as we continue this interesting study. We will be examining the three truths of Noah's prophecy led by our pastor teacher, Steve Kreloff. He is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving since 1981. His clear, practical messages come to your radio through the work of Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of people like you. You can find us on the web at versebyverseradio.org. We make many of Pastor Steve's messages available on the website, including today's class. Spend some time there and explore. That's versebyverseradio.org. Today's broadcast was the middle part of a three-part message. It's sometimes helpful to hear a message from the beginning to end without interruption. If you would like to do that, give us a call at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number and we'll return your call during regular office hours so that you can order a cassette or CD. Our number again is 727-441-1714. Please join us again next time for the final part of this message on the prophecy of Noah. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.